please, please don't buy gold. Here's why the price of gold will never go higher than it was in August 2020. Never. Hey everyone, happy Friday. I want to finish up this week with a warning. And no, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy gold jewelry. That's great if your girl is into that. Mine prefers rose gold, but I digress. We're talking about gold as the asset. Now, for many of my loyal readers, you know I've been cautioning you for nearly eight months now to to invest in assets that have scarcity. The reason for this is that money is being printed out of thin air by our governments worldwide. For instance, and you may want to be sitting down for this, 35% of all U.S. dollars in existence have been printed in the past 10 months. Wow. That's insane, and it's obviously not stopping anytime soon. So to prevent your dollars from inflating away to literally nothing, you have to own assets. I've been recommending on this letter, number one, own your own business. Number two, own Bitcoin. Number three, own a basket of technology stocks. Number four, gold and silver. However, you may have noticed I stopped recommending gold and silver about five months ago, and I personally have zero dollars invested there. Why is that? Well, really quick, I swear it's important. Let's establish a brief history of gold, really quick. In 3600 BC, gold is first smelted in ancient Egypt. 600 BC, the first gold coins are struck in Lydia, Asia Minor. They're a crude mix of gold and silver. Fast forward to 1717, and the UK sets the gold standard. This means that currency is linked to gold at a fixed rate. In 1848, the California gold rush begins when gold is found at Sutter's Mill in Coloma by James W. Marshall. In 1870, to 1900, the rest of the world, apart from China, adopts the gold standard. In 1914, many countries moved to fractional gold standards, inflating their currencies to help pay for the First World War. They don't return to the gold standard until 1925. In 1944, after the Second World War, the gold standard is replaced by a system of nominally convertible currencies related by fixed exchange rates called the Bretton Woods Agreement. Although gold initially served as the base reserve currency, the US dollar gradually becomes the reserve currency, which is linked to the price of gold. Central banks continue, that's really important, I'm gonna bold that. The US dollar gradually becomes a reserve currency which is linked to the price of gold. Central banks continue to keep a portion of liquid reserves in gold for some time. In 1971, this is the big part, US President Richard Nixon abandons the Bretton Woods Agreement. Wow. This means that the dollar and global currencies are no longer linked to the value of gold and the US can effectively print money at will. I'm making that bigger so you can see it. Woo, you guys still with me? Obviously, 1971 is where it all went haywire. There's even a website dedicated to this year. We can trace back pretty much every problem we have in our current society to that pivotal moment in 1971. If you don't believe me, check it out after you finish this later. The website is called What WTF Happened in 1971.com. It's absolutely fantastic. Now. But Kale, you're saying don't buy gold. The gold seems like the only good thing that we had. Good question. You're right. The key word is had. The reason gold has any value other than jewelry is simple. It's scarce. It's hard to get. It's hard to mine more of it. Thus, you are able to store value in it because people can't print it. This is great, absolutely fantastic. However, it does have many flaws that make gold difficult to use. Number one, it's heavy. Number two, it's hard to move around due to its value, security concerns, right? Number three, it's hard to verify if gold is real or fake. 
Number four, it's hard to divide it up into smaller pieces for smaller transaction sizes. And number five, it's not totally scarce. If miners are motivated, they can increase the supply at least 2% per year for gold. We also don't know how much gold is in the ocean or on asteroids and other planets. Now, before 2020, these issues honestly didn't matter. It was, it was still much better than holding cash in a bank account, and people always saw it as a great hedge against inflation. And then something broke. I luckily saw this coming. Here is the stock I owned that tracks the price of gold. I would have bought the real thing, but again, that's difficult. Another of the issues. As you can see, after COVID hit and the government started the printing press, gold performed exactly as expected, right? You can see right there, it rose, rising month after month. And then it hit August and it's all downhill since then. I'm going to make a pretty bold claim here on this letter. Gold will never go higher than it was in August. Never, ever. If you own gold, you should sell it all. Here's why. Check out this chart of Bitcoin instead. As you can see, same about the same time, August, September, it's just a straight line up. Notice how Bitcoin started to go parabolic at the same exact time. Coincidence? I think not. Guess what also happened around that August timeframe? MicroStrategy shares have been on a tear since August as some investors looked at the stock as a way to gain exposure to Bitcoin. Shares have been up more than 660% since August 11th, the date the company revealed its first Bitcoin buy. The stock hit a 52-week high of $1,300 on February 9th. Hmm. So... Gold Peaks, a publicly traded company, buys a crap ton of Bitcoin and starts teaching the world why it's digital gold, and Bitcoin starts a historic price run, all in the same month. Doubtful. Actually, pretty much impossible that that is a coincidence. Um, I got to write the word coincidence in it. Coincidence. Okay. There we go. I didn't have the word in there. <laughs> Doubtful. Actually, pretty much impossible that it's a coincidence, guys. Here's a few smarter people than me talking about it. I am a long-term dollar bear and gold bull, but I've been neutral on both for over six months. Lots of liquid poured into a funnel creates a torrent. Bitcoin may be the stimulus asset. Doesn't look like gold is. Wow. Jeffrey Gunlack called Bitcoin the stimulus asset. Bloomberg's Lynn Thomason explained it well by saying that Gunlock's comments are another sign the investment case for Bitcoin is winning over institutional money managers and possibly siphoning cash from the gold market. And historically, traders have turned to the precious metal as a way to play against rising inflation expectations. But over the past year, it has been range-bound and gold exchange-traded funds have seen outflows. And here's why I'm utterly convinced that gold is dead forever. Number one. We don't need two stores of value. Why aren't there two golds? Why has gold always been the standard of wealth preservation? Because it's universal. Everyone agrees that it's valuable. Everyone knows what it is. And it isn't owned by anyone, no one government, nothing. You don't need 10 of these assets. You just need one that everyone recognizes. Gold has been around for 4,000 years. I would argue that if the market needed more golds, then it would have found more. It didn't. Number two, Bitcoin is better at being gold by about 1,000x. Let's just do a thought experiment. Let's say you need to move $1 billion from New York City to London. 
How much would that cost? Now, be careful here. I know many of you are thinking we'll just send a wire transfer, but that isn't final settlement. There are like 10 banks and processes involved with doing that, and it will take time. I'm talking about holding an asset that you know is yours that isn't owned by some government or bank or anything. So to send $1 billion of gold, you will need a 747 plane, dozens of armed guards, a vault, dozens if not hundreds of permits and other paperwork to cross the borders, minimum of 18 hours of effort, and about $5 million to finance it all. In contrast, you could use Bitcoin. It would take one hour and it would take $5. That's it. And the crazy part is I'm not exaggerating. Bitcoin is scarcer than gold. It's completely capped supply versus 2% at least for gold. It's a thousand times easier to move. It's more secure. It's impossible to hack and you don't need security guards. It's more divisible. You can divide it down to 0.0000001 if you want. It's completely decentralized instead of held in government vaults. It's verifiable in seconds with any computer and many more reasons. I hate to break it to all the gold bugs out there, but gold reminds me of Barnes and Noble or maybe Blockbuster. Sure, bookstores have been around for thousands of years. Blockbuster, not so long, but still. It seemed impossible that they would cease to exist. And I know guys, Barnes and Noble still exists, but when's the last time you went to one? And then little old Amazon comes along. It puts the, they put the bookstore online and then Netflix came along and they put movies online and extinction came quickly for the current system. If you think that the same won't happen for the store of value category, you are shockingly mistaken. This is a winner take all battle. The market has already spoken and I expect it to speak quite loudly over the next 10 months as well. Sell your gold. Buy the digital version. If you don't know how, here's an easy link for my friends over at BlockFi. I honestly don't care if you use it or not. Swan Bitcoin is also great. There's a link there. With either one, I think there's a bonus if you deposit a certain amount, like you get $10 free or something. I don't know. I hope this letter was helpful to you. Uh, these take me a while to write, guys. I wish more people would read them or listen to them. If you could take 30 seconds and forward this to people who you think it would help, that would honestly mean the world to me. Um, they can subscribe. They can get this letter five times a week for free just by clicking that 30-day free trial button. And after that, it's like 50 bucks a year. So it's pretty cheap. Anyway, I'll see you guys on Monday. Thank you for reading. Love you guys. Peace.